Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome to another great edition of the official Redbird Rants podcast. I am your host, Tito Rivera. I am joined by two of our great contributors tonight, Josh McDonald and Christian. How are we doing, Josh? Not too bad. Just watching this game, hoping that we don't find a way to blow it. Awesome. Christian, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right myself. I mean, I have a feeling they are but hopefully they can keep it together. Great. And uh, I just want to give a special shout-out to Christian because this is his first ever official Redbird Rants podcast, so it is his debut tonight, so hopefully he doesn't mess it up too bad, and hopefully (laughs) I don't butcher the hosting duties either. But thanks for joining us, and Christian's going to be a regular on our podcast episodes now as – Brenda Vogue has to take some time away because he's moving out to Denver and he's got his own uh, thing going on with the Denver Nuggets. So best wishes to Brendan, uh, but we're excited to have Christian with us. And we also will eventually have uh, another one of our writers, Tina, join us in later episodes. But Christian, thanks for joining us. And boys, let's get right to it. We're looking at the final innings of the Royal Series. It's been a pretty good series for the Cardinals. I mean, there's no denying what they've been able to do. They're over 500 for the first time since June 2nd. The offense has just been an absolute juggernaut. And, of course, we're going to talk about Rally Cat. So let's start with you, Josh. What do you make of this Royal series so far? You know, you can't look at this series and not just, salivate over the offensive boom we've seen it's really impressive averaging over 10 runs a game to this point I mean this isn't a this is I'm not sure who this team is anymore to be honest with you they have made a complete 180 since essentially the trade deadline and they're playing like we all hoped they would play now we've been burned before so it's hard to get too excited but when the bats are like this, it's really, really fun to watch. And it's just the pro- the production's coming from everywhere, too. It, there's, it's not just a couple guys doing things. It's top to bottom. Everyone is contributing, and that's just great to see. Uh, starting pitching hasn't been as good as it has been, but the offense is making up for it, which is something we could not say earlier in the year. And the bullpen sounds tonight has been very impressive as well. So I'm I'm really happy with where we are right now. Yeah, and you bring up a great point about the starting pitching. It definitely hasn't been the same. Um, we've gotten some, we, you know, we got a good start from Carlos Martinez. Michael Walkovic followed that up, you know, with a great start himself. And then over the last two games, we've really kind of hit a snag. Christian, I'm going to toss it over to you now. What do you make of the Royal Series? 
Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously a great step in the right direction. Um, it definitely seems like people are starting to get a lot more comfortable. They're starting to sort of figure out what they need to do, especially on the offensive end. But I would like to draw attention to there are a couple of snags. Um, through all the great double digit scoring, um, if you take a look actually at the uh, hitting with runs in scoring position, uh, even though they scored 13 runs, they somehow went one for nine with runners in scoring position. And uh, and that third game, when they scored 10 runs, uh, they somehow went just two for seven. So, I mean, it's definitely been great. The power's been up, but there's definitely still a lot of room for improvement. And that's a really, really interesting point that you bring up because one for nine with runners in scoring position, as you, as you mentioned, isn't a good thing. I mean, we know that. Definitely not. And, and so it, it really brings to attention uh, the amount of, you know, power that the Cardinals had over in Kansas City. I mean, I was there for both games, and, you know, I've never seen the Cardinals hit the ball like that. I mean, we're talking with some authority. I mean, you have Yadier Molina hitting uh, two home runs. You have uh, Matt Carpenter just beasting again in Kansas City hitting a home run. Jed Jerko and unfortunately, Randall Gritchick hitting a home run. So, Christian, <laughs> is this is the is the power getting to the Cardinals' heads? Though, um, I don't know. I would say that. I'd say that this is just. I feel like this is just a team that's sort of. It's in a transitional phase. I feel like that we are really starting to integrate a lot more of the rookies, and I feel like they need to do that even more so. I feel like getting those rookies, like especially in the core of the lineup, DeJong and Martinez right now, just having that and sort of figuring it out is the start to really making that final playoff push. Josh, what do you think? Is, is the power getting too much to the Cardinals' heads right now? I think that when you look at the power, it's nice to see, but this team's nowhere near the power it had last year. So I don't think that it would get to their heads because last year they, they were hitting bombs left and right. It's nice to see them doing it right now. And I would, I would like to see them do a little bit more small ball, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to chastise them for wanting to hit the long ball as long as they're hitting it. Right. And the only reason I ask that is because it, it really is an, eye-opening stat to to know that your team is only doing, you know, one for nine in runners with score in runners in scoring position. So that does tell me something. It also tells me that they're definitely using the long ball to score 13 runs and only have that kind of stat. So I don't think it is really getting to their heads, but I would caution them not to, not to rely on it. Continue to plug away and make sure uh, you manufacture runs the right way. That way you can keep the constant pressure up and not wait for that long ball to happen. So let me get into just one more thing about the Royals series, and that is Rally Cat. We all saw it yesterday. It's just been apparently, you know, it's the talk of the of the city. And Josh, you know, uh, you know him personally. I know his brother. Um, so kind of tell me what you kind of heard from him. Uh, well, once the, once the incident happened, I was just kind of, I was kind of not paying attention too much. I was like, Oh, there's a cat in the field. Oh, they'll take care of it. 
And then he got bit, and I was just texting my group chat. I was like, that guy's got probably going to need a rabies shot. And then one of my friends goes, yeah, I can't believe that was Lucas. Like, what are you talking about? So I had to rewind it, and so it is. It was Lucas, this kid that I've known <laughs> for years now. Um, I'm in a group chat with his brother every, that we talk about Cardinals all the time. And I following up with his brother Matt today has been hilarious because Matt's essentially taken over as his agent. He sent a picture of uh, his Twitter DMs, and it's just a line of radio shows and ESPN and all these guys trying to get in contact with Lucas. So he he did like he did MLB Network, ESPN, Fox Two, CBS, every radio station in St. Louis. The guy's been on a whirlwind tour today. I'm happy for him because he is honestly the nicest kid you'll ever meet, and he absolutely is just an incredible person. That entire family is awesome. So shout out to the Hackmans. You guys are the best. Christian, you know, I can't help but, you know, draw the parallel between Rally Squirrel and Rally Cat here. Um, Can we kind of expect some magic here towards the end of the year because of Rally Cat? I mean, all I can tell you is the Cardinals should have – they should just have a stray animal program just ready to go, just assortment (laughs) of stray animals, cage up, just ready to let out when the time is not right. I mean, it's it's crazy hard to explain how it's happened, but, I mean, I there's nothing that says that there won't be some magic. I mean, one pitch after he goes yard. After yeah. the, with the history behind it, I mean, there's – and the five-game winning streak, I mean, things might be brewing. And as if right on cue, Paul DeYoung uh, – Takes a du- hits a double and scores Tommy Pham, and now the Cardinals lead eight to six in the bottom of the eighth. So a little insurance, which is always nice. So that's you know, this is where I'm gonna end with the Royals series. Coming into this series, I thought it was going to be a pretty big statement for the Cardinals if they could take three of three of four, and I mainly say that because the Royals, you know, they were on the surge. I mean, they had a great finish to the uh, first half of the season. They were still playing well. But as of late, they've been kind of mediocre. And, and to see the Cardinals kind of kick them while they're down um, has actually been pretty satisfying for me since I live all the way out in Kansas City. So to see them go out, take two out of uh, Kansas City, then to come home, win the first one, and hopefully be on the verge of winning this next one to four, four-game sweep, you've got to be feeling pretty good, right, Josh? I mean, absolutely. This is – it's a lot – things are great when there's winning. That's that's all um, That's all that it really is. You know, things are exciting. People are happy. It's It's a great time to be a Cardinal fan right now, especially if they can close this out tonight. So, Christian, one last question for you, and then I'm going to toss it over to the polls so we can get our first vote in. Christian, my question is, if if you are the Cardinals at this point, where do you see the team's kind of mentality heading into the big games against the Brewers and the Cubs later on? Definitely a little bit of a ways away. I definitely think that – those would be where it's going to be settled. But 
coming in like coming into this big streak. I mean, this is the first time that the Cardinals have won five or six games in a row since early May. So you have to think that this is this is definitely a big up for them. And it's just a matter of keeping the like the mentality straight and just knowing understanding what works and what's worked for them here. Completely agree. And now we're going to talk take uh toss it over to the first poll. So, guys, if you're on Twitter and you're listening live, make sure you go to our Redbird Rants Twitter handle and vote for the first poll. Tell us who won between Christian and Josh when it comes to the Royal Series. Who had the better points and who didn't? And then we are going to go ahead and go on to the next topic. And, guys, you know, this is – Interesting now that the Cardinals have won, you know, are on pace to win six in a row. The Brewers looks like they're going to lose four in a row. And I don't believe the Cubs played today. So the Cardinals have an extra chance to gain some more ground on both of those teams. Josh, are the Cardinals within striking distance? I mean, 100%. If they finish off, if they finish off tonight, they're one game back of of the Cubs, and we're looking at potentially a really nice uh, battle for the division just considering how well the Cardinals have been playing. If they can just keep that up even, even a little bit, they're not going to go sweep every series, but continue to win series. The Cubs are in a, in, in a tough spot right now. They may have just lost Wilson Contreras, probably their best offensive bat of late for an extended period of time. And their other pieces on the offense are not doing what – still not doing what they did last year, and that's hurting them. So you got to think the, the Cardinals are right there. If, as long as they're in striking distance on in the games back or, you know, if they take over, I'm 100% down to think that they, they can make a run at the Cubs to take this division and go on a playoff run this year. So, Christian, uh, knowing what Josh has said, do you disagree? Do you agree? What are you feeling? No, I mean, honestly, I think if you really think about it, the Cardinals have been in striking distance all season. I mean, the most they've been out, per se, was six, six and a half games or so. That's really not particularly too much. I mean, we've seen six, six game leads go away in a month. And think of, if we think of it this way uh, – in mid-late September, we have a three-game series with the Cubs and a four-game series with the Cubs. So that's seven games right there. I think that we are – they've been primed all year to be just make that move. Yeah, and, and who would have thought <laughs> – who would have thought, you know, at the beginning of this week that the Cardinals would have ended up one game back of the Chicago Cubs for the NL Central division lead? I mean – think, you know, we were all pretty much on the negative side. I think a couple of us, Jared, I think, for instance, was, you know, the one feeling a little bit, you know, the most confident out of the group. But this is this is actually a really, you know, surprising thing for as bad as the season has been for the Cardinals. All of a sudden, this six-game, you know, this five, almost six-game win streak has really done wonders for them. You know, what's changed in the last few weeks, though, Josh? We talked about it in the in our last podcast on Monday. And, you know, it's starting to seem like it might be a real possibility that 
the trade deadline being over and guys knowing that they're staying here may have loosened things up, may have made guys more comfortable, and they're going out with confidence now, and they're playing well. I think that's a complete possibility now. Um, outside of that, maybe things are just clicking. You've, we've seen flashes throughout the year, and things are just starting to come together. I don't know what exactly it is, but I really think that guys are going out there right now and enjoying themselves, and that's what winning will do to you. So hopefully they can keep this up going forward because everything is better when the St. Louis Cardinals are winning games, and we don't have to sit through it's time to sell, who's on their way out. It's it's just a lot better vibe in St. Louis when, when things like this are happening. Christian, what's changed for you in terms of the St. Louis Cardinals and, and where they are right now? Well, uh, I think for me, I take two particular points. Uh, I, I think I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, number one, I think it's been really important that Rosenthal has sort of clicked over the last couple of weeks. has kind of settled in. I mean, he, he doesn't have to be – like Zach Britton was last year, but he has been, we have been able to give him the ball over the last, say, two weeks and be confident that he can hold the lead. And I think with that closer role sort of settled, the bullpen can sort of figure itself out. That's one end of it. And I think the second end of it would be, I think that Matheny is finally sort of, as I said before, handing the reins over to the rookies, where, I mean, when was the last time we saw, like, a 2-3-4 for the Cardinals that were all moderately young, and especially considering how much Matheny likes to bench Pham. I mean, to put, he's finally putting Pham in a spot where he can produce. DeJong is at the three spot where, I mean, he should have been all year because, quite frankly, he's just had more power potential than Stephen Piscotty or anyone else that's been in that spot. And then finally, Martinez hitting, like, 375, drawing nine or eight, eight or nine walks over the last 13 games, hitting a bunch of home runs. I think just all of that has, on the offensive end, has made everyone else around them more comfortable. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned Trevor Rosenthal because he is in the game right now trying to close this out for the St. Louis Cardinals in the top of the ninth. And he got Eric Hosmer to ground out. So, yeah, it, it does seem that he is definitely – you know, back into his groove, into the closers. Well, and I think you're right, Christian. I think he definitely, him being comfortable in that closer role and knowing that he's getting the ball in the ninth inning helps out a lot. And that kind of touches back on what Brett Cecil said, you know, it feels like eons ago, but it was only a month ago where Brett, you know, a month or and a half ago where Brett Cecil said, we have no roles. We don't know when we're going to pitch and what's going on. And, And so, to see, you know, Rosenthal in that position, you know, going to to the ninth inning to close games, it really is a, it is a relief. And I'll tell you what, I am so impressed with what Paul DeYoung has been able to do this year. It really has been one of those seasons where, you know, you can compare it to what Aledmus Diaz did last year. I mean, they both came, you know, relatively unknown. You didn't really know what to expect. The Cardinals kind of saw a little bit of DeYoung in the spring training. So, you know, I think they knew that he had the power. But to be able to harness that, 
and move from AAA to the majors and keep that power, that's the most impressive thing to me, and it, it really lends to what he's been able to do. Josh, I wrote about DeYoung as the three-hitter, and I wanted to get you, your and Christian's opinion on it. Is DeYoung the three-hitter? For now, I think he's fitting the role fine. Uh, he's got he's got pop, which we've seen. He's driving guys in. I would love for him to to you know take a few pitches and maybe walk, but you know you take what you can get at this point. He's not the three hitter of the future, but he's filling a role that did not really have anyone filling that. So because they tried with other guys, and they've had the most success with the young there. Now, I do think in the offseason they will go out and get a bat that fills that role that is the all-time three-hole hitter. But for now, DeYoung is more than serviceable, and the, the lineup's working with him there, so you don't, you don't change something that's working. Fair enough. I mean, Christian, yeah, what I, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I would – I mean, on that point, definitely. If it's working, you definitely don't fix it. But, or, I mean, if anything were to happen – I would, if any change were to happen, I'd say the only other potential three-hitter I see actually right now is Martinez, simply because not only does he have that, that pop ability, but he also is a presence in the, like, in the box. He can draw a great, like, walks. He has a good eye. And so that added pressure might be, make him more suited for the three, and that pure pop of the yawn might make him more suited as a four. But... At this point, considering how the Cardinals are playing, it's only Matheny would be dumb enough to change it right now. <laughs> okay, well, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree on that one. So we're going to take a quick break. And if you're listening live, thank you so much. This is the official Redbird Rants podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to the official Redbird Rants podcast. My name is Tito Rivera. I am your host. I'm joined by Josh and Christian, two of our great contributors to the Redbird Rants site. And if you have not been able to catch some of their pieces lately, they've been both putting out some great contact content and some recent content. So please, please, please go to redbirdrants.com. Check it out. They've been great. I've also done some uh, pieces recently, uh, but they're not as great as theirs, so no big deal. So, guys, let's switch gears a little bit here, and let's keep continuing with this central race, and we're going to preview the Cubs and the Cardinals' next few series to kind of gauge where they could end up before they meet for uh, another time. And it looks like the Cardinals actually just finished up their game, so they complete the four-game sweep over the Royals. Let's do just a quick reaction to that, Josh. What, what do you think? The Cardinals are one game out of the Central now. This is, this is exciting. And, you know, this, what we're seeing from this team right now is they're not quitting. They are battling back in games, which is something we haven't seen a lot. So there's a lot, there's a lot of confidence going right now, and confidence can go a long way. Christian, your reaction? Well, I think it's definitely starting to uh, – the pressure is definitely starting to shift from the Cardinals to come back to the Cubs to, like, rain, maintain the lead. So I think that's definitely going to be a big mental step coming forward, going forward. 
and let's just keep continuing it because, again, as I said, we're going to go ahead and preview the next three series or so for both the Cubs and the Cardinals. And so the Cardinals, we're going to go ahead and take on Atlanta for three, and then they go to Boston for two, and then they're at Pittsburgh for four. On the flip side, the Cubs are going to Arizona for three, then they come home for Cincinnati four, and then home again for Toronto at you know for three games. Christian, which of the two teams has the easier schedule? Um, immediately, I would actually go with the Cubs at this point. I mean, I know Atlanta is atrocious. They've actually been the sort of the the fantasy joke of my family for a while, but. Boston is always tough, especially um, in Fenway with the high, I mean, the high wall, especially with the, uh, the more tendency to hit home runs as opposed to runners in scoring position, that high wall, it'll be interesting to see how that'll affect the Cardinals right now. And finally going on the road against the NL central opponent. um, I wrote about it recently. The Cardinals have been atrocious against the NL central significantly worse than in previous years where they were bad and that's still troubling so on the other hand the cubs have a whole lot of home games they go to arizona for three games but they have seven home games over those next two series so i would go personally i'd go with the cubs okay well josh you heard christian agree disagree you know when you first look at it, the beginning does favor the Cardinals. But I'm going to have to agree, I think that the Cubs are a little bit easier. Now, going to Zona for three to start is tough, and I really hope that the Cardinals can take advantage against Atlanta because afterwards, even though you're only playing two against Boston, Boston's a very, very good team, and that's very possible you could drop both of those. And then you go to Pittsburgh, who is very up and down. If you catch them on the right day, they can play with just about anybody. So the Cubs getting to go to go to play Cincinnati at home and then play a Toronto team at home that's been floundering all year, that's a really nice for them. So I'm hoping that the Cardinals can take advantage of this Atlanta series and hopefully the Cubs drop a couple to Arizona. But just – just by the looks of it, the Cubs definitely have the edge and easier schedule. And I'm actually going to disagree with both of you on this one, so maybe for the next poll I should be on there. But I'm going to go ahead and disagree, and, and this is why. Arizona, sure, that's going to be a tougher series for the Cubs than the Cards versus Atlanta. Then obviously the two at Boston, you know, those are not easy games as Josh and, and Christian mentioned. But – I would like to see what the pitch, pitching matchups for those two games are scheduled to be. Now, as for Pittsburgh, I think the Cardinals have a tendency to play pretty well in Pittsburgh, and and much like Milwaukee too, but th- they have a tendency to play there well. And one one key factor for me that's missing from the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates is now Tony Watson. They don't have, uh, you know, the other back end of their piece. Now, while they do have Felipe Rivero, who is, you know, he's good. I mean, he's as good of a left-handed pitcher as I've seen in a really long time. 
they don't have that much depth in their bullpen anymore. So it's going to be, you know, an easy task for the Cardinals to, if they get to that bullpen, they're going to be able to win some games. And I, I don't think the Pirates are as strong as you guys are giving them credit for. And maybe I'm wrong. And the Pittsburgh Pirates can certainly put up, uh, you know, some really good games against the, the Cardinals. And, and we've seen the Cincinnati Reds, you know, give us some trouble. So I, I think, you know, the Cubs are not out of the water with Cincinnati. And Toronto, you know, they may not have good starting pitching. Their lineup is still dangerous. You know, you've got Josh Donaldson. You've got Jose Bautista. And, and granted, they're not playing well. They're not hitting well either. Um, but it's still a dangerous lineup regardless of that. So I, I disagree a little bit. I think the Cardinals have the easier schedule uh, for this, you know, these next couple series. Um, but it, it is going to be interesting to see where both teams end up at the end of this. And I, I just really quickly want to tell you guys who's pitching or who's scheduled to pitch against Boston, and that's Mike Leake versus Rick Porcello and Lance Lynn versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Does that change either of your guys' minds? I mean, not seeing Chris Sale is huge because he is arguably – if not one, number two in the AL with Corey Kluber. So it's really promising not to see him. Rick Porcello is a shell of himself from last year, which still to me seemed like a fluke, uh, more or less. And Eduardo Rodriguez. My issue right now with that is Mike Leake is a little bit concerning. Lance Lynn will go out there and give you probably six innings. He'll give you a quality start, more than likely. But Mike Leake scares me a little bit. But I think that dodging Chris Sale in and of itself is a big victory. Yeah, I think that um, these pitchers are actually, they're rather similar in the way that the season trajectory has gone this year. Uh, Leak and Porcello, they've had their moments, but they're both rather volatile per se, where if something happens, when it rains, it pours kind of thing. So that, you really don't know what you're going to get from either of those guys. And the next matchup is like the same, like kind of the opposite. They're, they've both been, I mean, Rodriguez, he's been relatively consistent this year. So I think both of those guys will give you that same kind of six inning sort of three runs, two runs, whatever, and 90 pitches. So, I mean, I don't think, I think it'll be tough, tough matchups both ways. So I, 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 it doesn't change it in my eyes. And that's fair. I mean, again, we, we all know that the Boston Red Sox are easily one of the best teams in the AL. They're leading the AL East right now. Um, and so there's, there's no reason for us to think that these are going to be easy games by any means, but guys, that's going to wrap it up for this second segment. We're going to move on, but first I want to give time for our listeners who are listening live here uh, to the official Redbird Rants podcast to go ahead and go on Twitter yet again for poll number two. Tell us who won the second segment, the NL Central. We talked about the Cardinals back in striking distance. What's changed over the last few weeks? And, again, we just got done previewing the Cubs and Cardinals next few series and who they think is going to win, you know, who, who Josh and Christian think has the easier schedule. Both of them said the Cubs. I went ahead and said the Cardinals, but the poll is between the two of them, not just us three. So go ahead, go ahead and go on Twitter 
and vote now for those that segment. And we are going to switch to the next segment, and we're going to talk a little bit more about why the Cardinals are having this recent success. The first topic that we're going to talk about under this one is the recent lineup changes. You know, we've talked a little bit about it. Martinez is in the lineup more consistently. We've seen him bat fourth the last couple games. Jerko's returning a little bit. Fowler's batting a little lower. And DeYoung, you know, as we said, as the three-hitter. Christian, of those lineup changes, which has had the bigger impact? Uh, well, immediately I would go with uh, Martinez. Having that consistency in the four spot in the middle of the lineup is something that the Cardinals have really just struggled with all year. I mean, DeYoung has been great. And Yoriko has been on and off. But I, other than that, there's been no real consistent power. Uh, so I think that Martinez coming in, especially like he, relatively unexpectedly, coming in, being able to both hit and draw walks, I think just that two-faceted two um, game is just something we haven't seen for the Cardinals this year. And I think that's, probably, that's definitely been the biggest impact in my eyes. Josh, you heard the man. What do you think? I like I like that point. Uh, I agree with a lot of it. Uh, I think Martinez has been awesome. I was very happy to see them keep him up. But a lot of people want to give this man trouble for Matheny never pushing him down in the lineup. Yadier Molina, over his last 15 games, or 15 days batting, 16 of 45, four home runs, 12 RBIs, 12 runs. The guy's hitting, and he's hitting tired. So, I mean, what more can the guy do? He's, he's been incredible. He's keeps hitting over and over. They're, everybody wants to be, why is he batting five? Why is he batting five? Why can't they put him down? He's hitting right now. Look at the stats. He's batting over 333 over the last 15 days. That is very solid for a guy who's not known for his offense. Hashtag tired Yachty, right? I mean, you, you bring up a good point in, in Yachty or Molina and one that I didn't even mention, so kudos to you. But, you know, in looking at Yachty's numbers, you know, since, you know, that feud, and Christian actually wrote a piece about the feud that he and Mike Matheny were having, I think it's interesting to note that his on-base percentage, his slugging percentage, and his OPS, in turn, have all been were all extremely high over the last 15 games, uh, or as Josh puts it, the last 15 days for batting. And, and to see him continually do that at this point is really nice for the Cardinals because that adds extra protection behind the fourth place hitter. Where in earlier in the season we probably wouldn't have said, you know, that was happening. It's happening a little bit more. Yadier Molina's hitting for some authority. He's hitting for average. I mean, not, you know, the four home runs are great, but he's also had doubles. He's had singles. And, and defensively, Yadier Molina has been pretty good, too. I know he had a little bit of a, a defensive miscue earlier today in the game, but over those last 12, 15 games, he's also caught, you know, four or five guys stealing, and he's made four or five assists on the field as well. So he's doing it all in all uh, facets of the game, and that's great to see. Now, 
what I really wanted to talk about, though, is I, I just want to key on Paul DeYoung again because I think that is actually the bigger impact for the Cardinals than any of the things that we've talked about because he's really been able to stabilize that three-hitter position for the Cardinals. I mean, look what he's done. There's no denying that. The only biggest issue that I have with him is that he strikes out a lot. He doesn't take walks. Christian, if DeYoung is going to be the three-hitter the rest of the season, you know, and if the Cardinals go out and get somebody, where would you like to see him hit in the lineup after this year? Um, well, for a guy like DeYoung, uh, I mean, he it's pretty hard to take him out of the middle of the lineup with the amount of uh, power that he's got. So I would definitely keep him anywhere from three to five. At wor- I mean, unless the Cardinals are – if the Cardinals are stacked somehow, then six. But – Unquestionably, I'd definitely keep him in between three and five at this point just for all the power that he brings. I mean, you don't need someone like Paul DeYoung at the one spot where there's no one on, and you don't need Paul DeYoung at the eight spot to get on for anyone else. He, he, his, his production comes in his power, and that's where power produces the most. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to see him hit fifth because Molina hits fifth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, so it'll either, in my opinion, it'll either be uh, two, four, or six. So, Josh, what do you think? Where would you place DeYoung next year, considering if the Cardinals go out and get that big three-hitter you were talking about earlier? That's a tough question, just considering the state of this roster, because you saw them talk about how – the 40-man could look a lot different next year. It, I, it depends a lot on who's on the team. Now, just saying they go out and get a three-hitter, okay, he moves out of that spot. But is Tommy Pham still on the team and producing? How do you take him out of two? I think four makes a lot of sense because I don't think that you should have a Martinez, Jerko, Molina, Piscotti, any of those guys batting in that spot. So I think four makes a lot of sense if he's not batting three. But given that's him not having a sophomore slump because it's completely possible that he could he could struggle a little bit next year and not we might not see the power we're seeing. So then it's really no point of having him that high. But if he's keeping a similar production, I think you keep him sitting around four because, as you said, he's not going to be batting five unless something drastic changes. Yeah, and when I wrote my piece, I said that the – the easiest places to see him is a two, five, or six. And I know five, as I said earlier, Yadier Molina hits five, so, you know, that's probably not going to happen. He has the build of a two-hitter in all reality. Um, You wish that his average, you know, would climb a little bit more, and maybe that comes in time. Um, But as Christian's saying, his production is in his power. I mean, he's hit, what, 16 home runs this year, all since he's called up, and, you know, that was maybe 50 games ago at this point. So he, he's done a great job in, in producing runs for the team. And so I would say next year he's probably going to bat sixth in the lineup just to give Yadier Molina some extra protection. And also the fourth place hitter some extra protection. I mean, just because Yadier Molina is hitting fifth doesn't mean 
you can you're going to be able to sneak anything by Paul DeYoung in the sixth spot. So that's where I would probably bat DeYoung. Um, if if DeYoung doesn't you know doesn't produce next year, has the sophomore slump like Stephen Piscotty and like Alednis Diaz, do you think the Cardinals will pull kind of a Randall Gritchick and send him down multiple times in the year, Christian? I mean, the past actions are a pretty good indicator of the future. So as long as the regime doesn't change, I don't see them changing their methodology with it. Jock, what do you um, think? I would just like I would just like to hop in here and just say he was not sent down multiple times. He was sent yes, down once, and the other <laughs> one was a DL stint. Um, you, you don't get sent down on a DL year? stint. What about last year? We're talking year? about this year. Oh, you don't have to be late, late. okay. okay. If, if you want to talk about it by year, he was only sent <laughs> down once this year. So let's give him a little credit. The other one was a DL stint. But, yeah, I think that you could absolutely see DeYoung – uh, going down if he struggles. But I think a lot of that has to depend on do they have someone to fill that role? Is Elias Diaz figuring anything out? That makes it a lot easier to send him down, let him figure things out. But I'm hoping that we have a new hitting coach next year and we don't have those issues. And and, and now that we mentioned that, I did see that Stephen Piscotty hit, hit, uh, hit a home run in his first at-bat in the minors today. So that's a, I guess that's a good sign. I mean, it is the minors, and he is, you know, MLB material. So I, I'm just looking forward to Stephen Piscotty being healthy full time because I think he is a good player and can be a really good player for the St. Louis Cardinals. But guys, we're going to take our second break tonight. Thank you to our listeners listening live. This is the official Redbird Rants podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the official Redbird Rants podcast. My name is Tito Rivera. I am your host tonight. I am co-editor of RedbirdRants.com, and I am joined by Josh and Christian. Guys, we're in our last portion before we get off. We've got 20 minutes left here. And we're going to continue just a little bit more about the success of the team as in terms of the bullpen. We've kind of talked about it a little bit more, but I, I want to hear some more comments on where you guys feel this bullpen is headed. Christian, let's start with you. I, I want to specifically talk about Sanquano. I, I wrote about him recently and the success he's been having, and obviously let's, let's take out tonight. But prior to that, he was, you know, nine scoreless innings or nine straight scoreless innings. Do you think anything has changed with O? Uh, I really think it's more just a bullpen-wide thing. Um, the just having, I think the there was an anticipation sort of that every there was every night you could be that guy to pitch in the ninth. Every night you could be that guy to come in with the bases loaded in the seventh. So I think, like Brent Cecil was saying, I think just. The fact that he knows where he's going to be and where he's going to go, just especially as an older player who's become accustomed to just having these rhythms in a season, to finally have that, I think he's just really just finally starting to settle in. Okay. Josh, what do you think? Sung Hwano, is it more of 
just the entire bullpen being better, or has he really, truly gotten better? I think he's gotten better. I think he's hitting spots now. He's – all I know is I, I'm not as, as scared when he comes out. And I think, I think that has a lot to do with his confidence that he's getting guys out because whenever you're not playing well, that can carry over and if that's stuck in your mind. And I think he was in a position where he wasn't getting out. He was letting up home runs. He's starting to hit spots right now, which I think has a lot to do with confidence. And hopefully that can continue. Let's just – he let up runs tonight, which ended his scoreless streak. I'm not putting that on him. While he did struggle, he still should not have been in a situation where he was pitching against a left-hander who can hit the ball a very long way. His stats are – very obvious that it's just it was just completely unacceptable. The guy has a, a split of 205 against right-handed batters and 352 against left-handed batters. That right there should tell even the most novice baseball fan that he should not have been in that situation. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. It, it, it was pretty fishy to see um, someone who would go out there, but I, I also give Matheny some credit because I think he thought, you know, because of how O was pitching, he was going to be able to get Brandon Moss out. Now, does that excuse him completely? No, because the stats say otherwise. So that's that's kind of where I kind of leave it with San Juan O. I think he's getting better. Um, his fastball, you know, strike ratio has been higher. His slider ratio has been higher. So I think he's finding his groove a little bit. But I think what's really been the biggest difference maker for him, and, and again, maybe for the entire bullpen, is that he's, you know, been used in the seventh and eighth inning as opposed to the ninth. So, again, we come back to these new roles. And, Josh, you know, what do you give more – who do you give the credit to for the new roles? Do you give it to the players or the manager? I think that, you know, Matheny needs to get some credit for using guys differently since the trade deadline, but I think that was kind of a mandate that he needed to do from the front office. But he went ahead and did it. And But a lot of the credit has to go to the guys who are succeeding in these new roles. Tyler Lyons has taken himself from being the guy you would see in long relief to being a guy that you – kind of want to see in the late innings where you need an out. He's been exceptional lately. And ever since he became the closer again, Trevor Rosenthal has reclaimed the nickname Fuego and has been absolutely unstoppable, which is awesome to see. I'm so happy for him because I really think that he has so much potential and it's just great to see him actually out there striking guys out and in these clutch situations. Christian, you heard what Josh had to say. What do you think? Uh, I I definitely agree with Josh, honestly. The old saying goes is you can take the horse to the watering hole, but you can't force it to drink the water. Matheny can make as much mag- try and make as much magic as he wants, but at the end of the day, it's, it's up to the players to perform in, when they're given the ball. So I really got to put it on the players, especially for me, especially it's Trevor Rosenthal and securing that 
ninth spot, that ninth inning spot, it's sort of like the base of a totem pole. It, if that base is wobbly, everything else is wobbly too. But if you have that solid base, then you can stack up everything else very nice and neatly upon it. And, yeah, you guys both, both make great points about the bullpen, and I really, I really think the bullpen has actually started to turn it around in the positive direction, and it's great to see them having success because for so long this year, they just, I mean, they were pretty much the bane of, of our existence, and, and to see them be able to close out games, to maintain leads, um, even if, you know, the Cardinals are up big, you know, they still didn't, you know, the Royals didn't come all the way back today. And that's that's just great news to see. Um, and I, I'm just going to ask one final question to the both of you. Now that we are here, knowing what the bullpen has been able to do, knowing that the Cardinals now sit oh, just one full game back of the Chicago Cubs, is this the time? to go out and make a move for a relief pitcher. Christian? Hmm. That's a tough one. It's, it's tough to say considering that this bullpen group has really already kind of gotten its groove going so far. Like very, very recently started to pick up its groove. Like we were talking about before, I think the idea of established roles is very important. And so bringing in another guy, it suddenly it's – disrupting it could this easily disrupt that so until thing i mean if the bullpen keeps pitching the way it is and everybody keeps performing in the roles that they are like we said before if it's broke then don't fix or if it's not broke then don't fix it josh is is this the right time to make a move for a bullpen piece yeah we talked about that amongst the writers a little bit today and i I don't think so unless it's a piece that you know is going to be a good addition and will be an addition past this season because when you look at the names that are out there, no one really inspires confidence to a great extent. I don't think that I would jump on any of them. Maybe one or two guys are, you're thinking like, okay, Bert Blylevin's pretty solid. Uh, we'll see what you can get out of a guy like Drew Storen, Tyler Clippard. I don't think the Cardinals are in a position that it's a good time to take risks on guys when you're still not really seeing guys like Tui or Brebia getting that many opportunities. I would much rather see those guys out there getting more involved than going to trade for a reliever who might be a good addition. Right, and – and obviously, you know, for those who are listening, the Cardinals only have the next, let's see, 20 days to make a move before any trades, uh, any pe- any players traded become in- ineligible for postseason play. And obviously the Cardinals aren't, you know, we're not close to the postseason yet. But, again, as we've been saying all night, the Cardinals, with their win tonight against the Kansas City Royals, their sixth straight win, I might add, um, now only just have one game separating them between the Chicago Cubs. That's going to do it for our last or or our third segment here. And we are going to post our poll for the third segment on Twitter. So if you're listening, go ahead and go back to Twitter. Vote for who you think 
took segment three, was it Josh or Christian or was it neither of them, and you would just rather reply in the comments saying Tito was the better of the three of us. So, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. That's right. Maybe not, but I do. Um, so, guys, let's go ahead and, and wrap it up towards the very end. We've got about nine minutes left, and we're going to do some confidence rating, and then we're going to do some rapid-fire questions. Um, and our producer just kindly reminded us that we have six minutes left. So we're going to do a quick ranking or confidence. So, Christian, on a 1 to 10 scale, where is your confidence in this team to make the playoffs for the rest, you know, for during the rest of the year? I would say I'm not going to be too optimistic here. I'm going to give him a seven. I think that the schedule is going to be helpful. I think that they have one of the weaker schedules. Uh, so I think that will definitely help. But, I mean, we've seen that this Cardinals team has been as inconsistent as as ever been. So it's really hard to trust them to be Consistent, play consistently like this for the next 15, 20 games and keep up with the Cubs. Okay. Well, that was a little bit more pessimistic than I was expecting from you, actually. Josh, where are you in your confidence? I'm going to stay pessimistic myself. I'm going to go with a with a six right now. I'm leaning I'm more to the side of being confident, but I said it earlier, we've been burned before. The Cardinals went on that road trip to Atlanta and Miami, and things looked like they were figured out and they were winning games. This is a similar situation. They're playing great. There's confidence. But all that can be for naught if you go into a series and just get demolished. Confidence gone, winning streak gone, and if the Cubs win during, during that stretch, you're back to where you were. We're in a good position now. Um, they're over 500 for the first time since early June. So hopefully they can keep this up. But for now, I'm going to temper my expectations and let them go out and keep proving it. Yeah, and I think you may, you both make a good point in, think, you know, in terms of you know, being cautious. Because look at what just happened to the Kansas City Royals. At one point, they won nine in a row. Their last ten, they're two and eight. Now they sit at, five, uh, at 500, 57 and 57, also tied for the same record as the Minnesota Twins, and they're both four games back of the Cleveland Indians. And so we, we see just how quickly things can change. And I also do want to point out one quick thing. Josh said he was pessimistic but gave a rating of six. Um, so that doesn't mean he's pessimistic. That actually means he's optimistic. He just doesn't want to tell you that. Um, so if that helps sway your vote against Josh, I completely encourage it. Anything to say about that, Josh? That's where we're at. You have to beat me. We got to cater to Tito's <laughs> nonsense to make make people turn against me. Hey, no, I think you best not miss Tito. You best not miss. Hey, bring it on next episode. I'll show you what's up. I'm you I'm fresh. I'm scratching at the opportunity for somebody to let me go against somebody. You know, get it because of the count. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Um, get back to guys, hosting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got about four minutes left, and I'm going to go ahead and give you guys some questions that 
I kind of came up with as, you know, as we're going along. And I want to start with this one here. And maybe this is the only question that we'll do before the show's over. And that is, if the Cardinals make the postseason, does Mike Matheny keep his job? Christian? Uh, you got to say yes. I mean, considering he signed a contract extension recently, I mean, there would be no reason to fire him if he made the playoffs. Some might disagree, but that's a fair point. Josh, what do you think? I think if this team somehow sneaks into the playoffs, you can't just completely forget the troubles of the rest of the season before they turned it on. Maybe it's not Matheny going, but there needs to be some coaching changes, hitting coach who need to need to be moved moved away from hitting coach. So it might not be Matheny, but you know, maybe we see the hitting coach get fired. Right. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and agree with both of you here. I, I don't think that he is going to get fired if the Cardinals make the playoffs. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I still don't think Matheny is going to get fired either. You know, Bill DeWitt has been on, you know, comments saying that, you know, the team has a lot of trust in Mike Matheny to get the job done. And that, I don't think that's more evident in this entire year, given what the struggles have been for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but maybe you guys are right. Maybe, you know, Josh, maybe you're right. There is a hitting change that's going to come about. And, and maybe that's uh, what they're going to do. And if that's the case, I, I'm looking – forward to that because I think John Mabry, you know, it just hasn't been able to do it for, for me. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. And I'm sure a lot of people in Cardinal Nation feel that way. So guys, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go over the results real quick of all our Twitter polls. It looks like Christian and Josh tied for the first one at 50% a piece. I said myself, so I only got one vote, so that's not fair. Um, then, as it comes for poll two, Josh with a whopping victory of 64% to 36%. Sorry, Christian, I, I tried my best. <laughs> um, and then this last one, uh, Josh ended up taking it again with a 71 to 29% win. So, Josh, you take you take the champ this week. In our podcast, congratulations to you. Anything you want to say before we head out? You know, it's it's nice to go 2-0 and on the voting this week, but you can't get cocky. Everybody's going to keep coming for your crown, so I'll be ready for next week. <laughs> Dr. Miles, sign me up for next week. I know it. Okay, guys, that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you so much for being with us. You are listening to the Redbird Rants podcast. Thank you so much. And everybody have a great night. Cardinals are game, Cardinals are just one game back. Have a good one.